Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Spanish Football Podcast. I'm joined as ever by Sid Lowe, live from a hotel room somewhere in the city of Oviedo. Hello, Sydney. Hello, Philip. Right in the very centre of Oviedo. I'm quite excited. Yes, you generally are when you're when you're there. You've had a mad dash from Barcelona to Oviedo. Tomorrow you're going to the eastern coast of Castellón. Uh, you really are quite mad, but um, fantastic, fantastic. Good work, good work. Um, we will discuss what you what you're doing uh, maybe on another podcast this week. So if you want to hear more. Why not become a patron? Oh, I like it. That, that's a, that's yeah. a tremendous bit of baiting, I believe it's called. Uh, why not become a patron uh, at patreon.com forward slash TSFP. Patrons got a brand new episode of TSFP presents more super seasons last week. We talked about the 1984-85 season where Terry Venables won the league with Barcelona. Plus, every week you get a Q&A pod and a bonus pod, Al's occasional paper reviews and access to the TSFP Discord Join us, patreon.com forward slash TSFP. And if you sign up for annual membership, you get 10% off. And normally it's around four euros or four pounds a month. So it's pretty good value if you like Spanish football. If you like Spanish football, you are probably watching some of the games on match day 15. Here are all the results from the nine fixtures we've had so far. Uh, Friday night saw Las Palmas beat Getafe by uh, two goals to nil. Then on Saturday, Girona scored twice in the last eight minutes to come from behind and beat Valencia 2-1 at home and, well, continue their title push. We're 15 games in and they are still joint top of the table. Girona, absolutely extraordinary. Uh, Athletic Club uh, beat Rio by four goals to nil. A really poor performance from Rio against a, a really quite good Athletic Club side. Uh, Real Madrid overcame Granada by two goals to nil in a, well, a bit of a meh game at the Bernabeu because Real Madrid was so much better than Granada. It was the first game in charge for El Cacique Medina, the new manager of Granada, and it felt like they set up not to get battered. Uh, the uh, localish derby at the El Sadar finished Osasuna 1, Real Sociedad 1. Then Sunday <clears throat> wasn't a fantastic period of uh, Spanish football. We had Mallorca <laughs> nil, Alaves nil, Almeria nil, Real Betis nil. Sevilla won, Villarreal won, uh, before a magnificent game at Montjuic. I thoroughly enjoyed watching Barcelona won, Atleti nil. Uh, you were there. And that's where we're going to start, Sid, uh, because it was the big game of the weekend. What's it called? Oh, it was called the Super Duelo. I actually used this just for you. I, I thought you'd like it in my preview piece. I, 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 I read it. To, to, to the point rebranded. Out that yeah. La Liga were trying to, trying to rebrand it. 
Um, and and I, I agree with you, actually. Although it was only 1-0, I, I thought it was pretty enjoyable. I thought there was a lot of chances. It really shouldn't have been only 1-0. It's, I suppose, kind of counter to the way that a lot of Barcelona games have been this year. That There have been reasonably good results and not particularly good games. This was a good result, obviously, for Barcelona, but not a result where I actually thought the, the number of goals was commensurate with the number of chances because certainly Robert Lewandowski... Uh, had he had his shooting boots on or even his shooting head on instead of his nose, then, then he could have had two or three. Um, he had, had a couple of very, very good chances. And, and, and it was, I think it was really, really quite enjoyable. As you say, it's probably a good job because the rest of what had happened on Sunday really hadn't been very good. Uh, no, uh, not entirely. But uh, there's, still, there's still other stuff for us to, uh, to talk about. But there's loads of talking points from this game. And not least the fact that the only goal of the game was scored by João Felix, who, of course, is on loan from Atletico uh, Madrid. It was uh, interesting in the build-up uh, to this game because uh, uh, Antoine Griezmann gave an interview to Movistar TV here in which he uh, was asked about, you know, what went wrong for Joao at, uh, at Atletico Madrid. And he said, well, you know, he, he worked hard um, sometimes, but then you need to be consistent uh, with uh, with this manager. And sometimes it felt like he got he got a bit tired and he thought maybe his future might be elsewhere. Mm-hmm. From, a, from a sort of external point of view that actually doesn't seem like a, a pretty unplausible uh, situation as to what happened uh, at Atletico Madrid but there are two sides to every story and Joao uh, came back and uh, he said well I don't agree with uh, with uh, Antoine Griezmann and uh, uh, I might have done some things better but it's not just my fault other people are to blame as well anyway that was the preview uh, to this uh, to this game and then Joao Felix pops up and scores and does a celebration where he jumps on the hoarding and uh, advertising hoarding boards and holds his arms out wide didn't kiss the badge as he did against uh, when he scored against Porto, and there was some suggestion or lots of discussion as to whether or not he would kiss the badge. And he said this was a an, a celebration of uh, spontaneous uh, when you're in the moment, and it, it looked a little bit like that. The thing is, Sid, lots and lots of talk now about João Felix, understandably, but I feel yeah. it feels like consistency is the key here. He has to keep doing this. You can't. This is not enough. You know, kissing the badge and scoring this goal. It's not going to be enough for him to get a permanent deal at Barcelona, which is what he wants. Well, that's exactly it. And and this is in a way what takes us back to the pre-game discussions and also punctures the obvious and I think um, false and rather facile conclusion from this game, which is that Jao Felix proves a point, or Jao Felix proves Simeone wrong, or Jao Felix demonstrates what Atletico Madrid. Um, couldn't see. Because, of course, the, the point of what both Griezmann and Simeone said in the pre-game, and, and genuinely, by the way, you don't want to make it all about Jao Felix, but this whole thing was about Jao Felix. Mm. The whole build-up was focused on him. And, and we'll get on to him in a minute and what he said post-game, because it was very, very clear that that was on his mind as well. So I think that's important. But let's deal with this one particular point first, which is that, the, you know, the, the the thrust of what Griezmann said was he was good sometimes, but you need to be consistent. Simeone said, um, and actually so did so did Enrique Cerezo, although Cerezo was kind of more a bit more a bit less pointed about it. He said he said yeah, Jao may well have a great game. He's a brilliant player. He he could well play well. And so what Simeone had said was anyone can have a good game. Hmm. The question is, can you do it consistently? So after a game like this, when Jao Felix is Probably the best player on the pitch. Certainly, mm. obviously, scores the winning goal, plays very, very well. Is is hyperactive throughout the game. I think, I think, very, very driven by everything that had happened. Mm. And when he scores like that, the temptation to say, "You see, Jao Felix mm. was right and Simeone was wrong." But actually, no, because the whole point of Simeone's argument was this can happen mm. once in a while. The question is, does it happen more than once in a while? Does it happen consistently? Because bear in mind, this is Jao Felix's first goal in nine games in the league. 
That's a long wait. Yes, he'd scored against Porto in midweek. And yes, we know he's talented, but we all knew this anyway. Um, and it doesn't necessarily prove Jao's point either, which which Jao made this point in the, in the build-up to the game about the styles and wanting to play a certain way and being closer to goal. And by the way, I think it's worth noting, actually, that when I, when I saw that, um, and I must admit, I saw it after I'd read it, when I saw the TV version of that answer, I thought it was nowhere near as pointed as it seems in black and white in print. Mm. Because he doesn't actually mention Atletico. He doesn't point at Atletico. He talks about styles. He talks about what suits my game. And, and obviously, we know that that's about Atletico. But, but it, it didn't seem to me to be a person deliberately trying to wind it up, which is the way it had come to feel. Mm. Um, and so his point wasn't necessarily proven because in this game, Barcelona did play better. But over the course of this season, you wouldn't necessarily say they've been significantly better than Atletico Madrid. And yet we know that what he said about the way he would like to play and the way Simeone would like to play is true. And this game doesn't really change that. It's, it's a huge mm. thing in itself, but it doesn't actually answer the, the debate, if you see what I mean. No, it doesn't. I mean, it was a huge result for uh, Barcelona. Had they lost Massive. this, there, was, there were suggestions, you know, that they'd be out of the title race already. Uh, this is a chance for Atletico Madrid to um, really uh, throw a, um, a marker down. And Atletico Madrid have still never won away to Barcelona in the Amazing. league under Simeone. It's an incredible stat and one which uh, uh, continued uh, yesterday. Uh, we want to talk about uh, lots of other things. So, you know, we're not going to dwell on uh, Joao Felix. Mm. We could do because there's still a lot more we could talk about. But there are other aspects of this uh, performance and this game that we, we do want to mention. Uh, not least, the Barcelona midfield, it looked really good. Mm. And Frankie de Jong was did, sensational. Yeah. And, and, and Pedri was really good. And, and Gundogan, and they were moving the ball quickly. And there was a speed to uh, um, to their play which we haven't necessarily seen at times uh, this season that was really good for Barcelona the, the bad thing I would say is Lewandowski who I don't know what's wrong with him Sid I mean, genuinely you were there I mean I don't, I've seen him in the flesh as well I just don't know what's what's wrong with him yeah uh, in this game what I would say in Lewandowski's defence is that I thought his play was okay I thought he played okay. reasonably well and I think okay. what we've seen in a lot of recent games is that he's been, um, he's kind of been absent. It's all been mm. irrelevant, you know. He just hasn't been a figure. On on this occasion, I thought he did. I thought he combined quite well with Jao at times. I think there was there were there were there were moments when chances were well, there were lots of moments when chances were falling to him. And I think his his overall performance. So, for example, that chance that he puts wide in the second half when he's going in the inside right channel and he cuts inside. I can't remember which defender it is he beats, and then he slightly he he tries to take it on the inside with with the with the inside yes. of his foot to the far corner and he puts a long way wide. It's a really bad yeah. finish. But I actually thought the way that he'd cut back in showed a, a kind of a calmness and an awareness that, 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 that was good, that was encouraging. But his finishing was dreadful. I mean, mm. and you know, this is a guy who is not only a finisher, but has largely defined himself by finishing and always finishing yes. and finishing very cleanly. And you see, for example, as I already briefly mentioned it, the header that hits him in the nose the volley in the first half that he puts wide. Now, if that goes yeah. in and it flies into net, you would say that's a brilliant finish because he is having to turn his body sideways on. He is having to take it on the volley. He is having to kind of swing across it side-footed. But it's the kind of volley we've seen him score loads of times. Mm. And he doesn't connect at all well with it. And that was mm. really, really striking for me that, that he would strike a ball, I'm not going to say an easy ball, but a good ball as badly as that. And then, as I say, the one in the second half where he cuts inside and he's got a great chance and he scuffs it really badly. And I'd be worried about that. And I don't think it's entirely chance that Barcelona have taken the decision. And by the way, I don't think it was Xavi that took this decision. I think it's Deco, the sport mm. director. Yeah. That in the winter window, because the absence of 
uh, of Gavi means that they can make a signing in terms of the relaxation of the financial fair play uh, constraints. So Victor Roque, who they'd already signed, they had, they've accelerated his arrival at, at Barcelona. That is not replacing Gavi. That's a number nine. No. That's replacing yeah. Lewandowski. Now, I'm not saying he's going to replace him. I'm certainly not saying he's going to play ahead of him every week. But I think it's an awareness that actually we could do with something else up there. And even if Victor Roque's only real role is to remind Lewandowski that he's not guaranteed a place and to mm. use the old cliche, put a rocket up his ass and sort of get a, get a reaction from him. But I don't know if it's about that. I don't, know if this, I don't know if this is permanent. I don't know if it's a one-off. I think actually if you look at the back end of last season, he wasn't that great either. I'm, I've got quite significant um, doubts about him on, on a more permanent level. Now, that's not to say he's ever going to be terrible because he's never going to be terrible. But the, the, is, he, is he at the very, very top anymore? Hmm. Victor Roque Rocket up his ass. Yes. Um, Victor Rocket up his ass. Rocket. Why, why, why are you pronouncing it like that? Because I was um, listening to a Brazilian on the radio and, and it just it struck me and it made me giggle. Ah, how how I see. Rocket. And, uh, and, and I just thought, yeah. I, was tr- I was trying to Brazilianize, but yeah, I think it's just going to be Rocket. Yeah. I think that's probably best for everyone. But, um, <laughs> I uh, think it is. The, yes. but, but the midfield was good. Yay. Brilliant. Really yeah. good, and 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 actually, one of the things that Jao Felix did say after the game uh, about the midfield, he said he said they're the perfect midfield. They 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 make life much much easier for you. They they find you mm. between the, you being him obviously between the lines, which enables him to be kind of a hybrid, not really an attacker, more an extra midfielder. The the use of the ball was good. It was crisp. It was clean. And and you mentioned Frankie the Young, and I suppose this is one of the reasons why, from a Barcelona perspective, you can be optimistic that the recovery in the second half against Porto and the performance here for about, I would say they were really good for what, 65 minutes maybe? Around about mm-hmm. the same actually as they were in the Clasico against Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Although I think actually they were probably better in this game than against Real Madrid in that they created more chances. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and, and that's what allows you to be optimistic that this is a genuine change because you can see that piece that was missing in this long run of not playing very well, and that was Frankie de Jong. Now, I still mm. have one or two doubts about Frankie de Jong as the sole pivot in midfield. Mm. But, of course, part of the secret to this is he's not really playing as a sole pivot now because Gundogan mm. is so close to him. And they're not exactly playing in parallel, but they're close to playing in parallel. And so mm. you've got this degree of freedom with them Pedri, for Pedri in front of them, but those two being a little bit closer. So it means that if de Jong does go, Gundogan will wait. If Gundogan sort of drifts into a slightly more attacking position, de Jong will wait. Um, I think the fact that they are playing three central defenders amongst their four at the back changes that as well. And it's very interesting, by the way, Xavi pre-game was claiming that neither Araujo nor Kunde are actually playing at fullback with him. So they're playing in the centre, but they go out to the wing, <laughs> which I think is a bit of a sleight of hand, to be honest. But there's an element of yes. truth to that. There is an element of truth mm. to that. And I think that reinforces maybe the fact that you haven't got a natural pivot if, if Oriol Romeo is not playing. And I think that three as a midfield is potentially mm. very good. But I do still yes. wonder about the lack of that actual position, that actual player there mm. in that role. Uh, before we move on, 34,568 fans at Montjuic last night. The lowest attendance of the season for one of the biggest games of the season. El Super Duelo. Uh, what was it like inside the stadium? Um, am I allowed to be rude? Y- yes. It was rubbish. Yeah. In, ter- it in, in terms rubbish of us, on TV. In, I mean, yeah, gen- yeah. Genuinely, I mean, I, I mean, that sounds unfair. And it, the, the, the problem is that sometimes when you say things like that, it sounds like you're being unfair on the people who are there. But actually, it's not about the people who have 
gone. It's about the people who haven't gone. Mm. Uh, it, the the, the 34,000 there last night as well, I would say is a very high proportion of tourists. And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. And obviously, you know, a lot of our listeners will be people who go to games occasionally. <laughs> I go to a lot of games occasionally, even when I'm not just working. That That's not a problem. But it does change the nature of the way that group of fans responds and the mm. atmosphere that's created and so on. Mm. Um, and... It was really, really disappointing. Now, look, there's loads of reasons. We could genuinely be here all night, and so I don't really want to get into them, but price, uh, weather, time. I think the fact that they gave the fans the chance to opt out for a year was a mistake, although admittedly it was a mistake that they couldn't avoid because there were too many season ticket holders to get them into the game. But I think a season ticket, I think having a season ticket has to have a coercive element to it. And by allowing fans to effectively opt out for a year, I think they lost that. And mm. I think that's problematic. Um, there are lots uh, Monduric isn't a particularly great place for watching football in fact it's a pretty bad place for watching football but I still think it's poor I, I think it's very poor and I think it's worrying because I think it also says something about disengagement with the club disengagement with the team um, I don't want to overplay that because I think there are other non-footballing factors but it's it's a problem that's a very very low attendance it was cold last night in Barcelona and to our uh, British ears, Sid, that does sound absolutely ludicrous, but uh, it was cold. It was nine o'clock on a Sunday and the cheapest tickets were 90 euros for some yeah. you know, pretty terrible seats uh, at Montreal. For what it's worth, I think it might be worth pointing that out. And, and I know that nine o'clock on a Sunday is now a traditional kickoff time in Spain and no one really looks at it and says that's terrible. But nine o'clock on Sunday is a bad time. Yeah. 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 Objectively speaking, it's, it's not. It funny. is. Bottom line, it is a bad time. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, you were also at the Bernabeu on Saturday um, to see Real Madrid beat Granada 2-0. Uh, I was putting here in the production notes, not much to say here, but Tony Cross has still got it. Um, I think that's, a, yeah. that's about it. Tony, yeah, Tony Cross was brilliant. And that is about it, to be honest. It was, I mean, this sounds dismissive of Real Madrid and I don't intend it to, because actually, in a way, the reason there was nothing to say was because Madrid were actually very good. Hmm. But they were very good, I felt, I, I felt at least in third gear. Hmm. I didn't think they needed more. And I don't think, I mean, you know, talking about a new approach from Granada, that new approach didn't, transmit to use a Spanishism very much no. to me to be honest with you no uh, announcing today uh, Real Madrid that Dani Carvajal has uh, picked up an injury which feels like a, a really really important 
um, absentee yes. that they're going to have. Not not least because he was he's actually been one of the players of the season so far for uh, Real Madrid, and he's a player who's had injury problems in the past, and we yeah. thought, oh, he's staying fit now for a consistent uh, amount of time, and now he's going to be out for a while. Yeah, and, and, and you're right as well. And it's not just that we thought, oh, he's fit now, is that there was a lot of discourse around the, the, the changes that he's made in terms of his diet. There's been this big obsession with his broccoli um, over the last few weeks. And there was this kind of idea, this is the magical cure, he'll never get injured again. Yes. And, and he is. Now, obviously, let's see what the, 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 the length of the injury is, the seriousness of it, whether it recurs and so on. But he's had a lot of injury problems over his career. I hope this one isn't a bad one because, as you say, he has been playing really, really well. I also think he's a he's a... A hidden but key piece in the yes. Madrid team. Yes. Uh, Rodrigo Goes, or as you would like me to call him, Rodrigo Goes, um, scored. Oh, Rodrigo, <laughs> uh, scoring in the fifth consecutive game, and uh, he really is. Mm. Uh, um, in the form that Real Madrid need him to be in. Brian yes. Diaz getting the other goal. Uh, Jude Bellingham in not scoring. Shocker. Uh, but uh, but there we go. Uh, we mentioned uh, Girona uh, coming back uh, to win against Valencia. Do you know how many times they've come back uh, this season to win a match, Sid? Uh, I believe it's six, but the number of points is 17, isn't it? 17 points yes. recovered from losing positions. Yes, and it is, yes, it's six times. I mean, that's It six. is six, is it, right? That's it's a ridiculous amazing. amount. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, do you know what? One of the things about it is as well, uh, and I think this game was another example. Now, admittedly, the goals came very late and admittedly they only got two of them because you look at some of those other comebacks. Yes. They go behind, but then they score four. Yeah. This time they went behind and they only scored two and it looks a bit epic, not least because it's Stuani and he comes on, he scores in the 82nd minute and he scores again in the 88th minute, although he doesn't officially score. Well, he does officially score, but he doesn't actually score because yes. the referee gives him the goal when it's not actually his touch and he's the one that says, I don't think I touched this. But anyway, so that make, gives it a feel of epic, but actually it didn't feel like epic. And this is a bit like some of those other comebacks. It's not epic, it's logic. They mm. are irresistible when they start gathering momentum. The amount of people they get in the area, the amount of chances they create. You see the, um, the first goal is different, actually, to be fair. But you see the second one is, mm. is a very, very classically Girona goal from what we've seen this year. In that it's a really good cross into the box, but it's not the cross, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that's the ball swung in and let's see if someone can get ahead on it. It's a, it's a pass yes. that's come from the side. And yeah. it's hit hard and it's hit low and it's hit to a man. Now, admittedly, that argument falls apart a bit because it's not actually Stuani who gets to it, but it's aiming at Stuani and he's right next to it. Mm. And so it's, it's, when, they, when they put lots of balls into the area, Girona, it is not done as... It's not done, for example, as Sevilla did this weekend. And Sevilla broke a record this weekend for the number of crosses, but that's largely aimless lumps into the penalty area. Girona are not aimless lumps. Girona are not aimless lumps, Sid. They absolutely are not. And uh, we're 15 games into the season now. They've got exactly the same uh, record as uh, Real Madrid. Played 15, won 12, drawn two and lost just one. They've scored more goals than Real Madrid and indeed anybody else. And they're um, they're 10 points clear of fifth. So they are really putting themselves in a very, very strong position uh, to claim Champions League football. Although there is still a long way to go. Uh, let's talk about uh, Sevilla. You mentioned them there. They've Drew one one with uh, Villarreal. I mean, they're they're they're, it, it, they're in all sorts of trouble. Uh, Sevilla. It could have been a lot worse for them mm. because Ben Brereton Diaz um, scored in injury time, uh, which we thought was going to be his first goal for a Villarreal. He's had a he's had a tough time. It was a really really well taken goal. He celebrated wildly, and then VAR disallowed it for a seemingly quite dubious foul uh, from uh, from him uh, during the move um, and and scoring the goal. And Sevilla were saved 
a little bit, uh, but it's still, it's a, it's a very, very difficult situation for the Andalusians. And I just wonder how long are they going to stick with Diego Alonso? Because he has still yeah. not won a game in the league. It's extraordinary, really. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, I, you know, you don't want to put too much of the responsibility on a manager who hasn't been there for very long. But actually, it's not not very long now. It's uh, What is it in the league? It must be seven games in the league, maybe eight. Yeah. With him, I'm not sure. Um, but it's an extraordinarily bad set of results for a team with the players that Sevilla have. Um, again, as I say, I'm not sure it's directly about pointing the finger at him, but if he's not the problem, he, he, he isn't showing signs of being the solution yet. Um, because it's not like... Do you know the other thing is, it's not even as if you look at this and you think, I can see something. Mm. I can see a change. I can see a shift. Because actually, if anything, it's shifting back more towards Mendelebar. Like the the number of crosses this weekend was was they, they've done quite a lot of crosses all the way through with Diego Alonso, but it, it's kind of a bit closer to Mendelebar. You look, for example, at the difference between them and Villarreal, who they play this weekend. You look at Villarreal, to be honest, and you still see flaws, mm-hmm. but you can see the beginning of an idea coming through. You can see you can and you can see that immediately. You can see a reaction of sorts. And Sevilla's situation is, I mean, it's quite difficult to fully understand mm-hmm. because for all the problems they have, they shouldn't be quite this bad. Um, I think there is an emotional element to do with the ownership of the club and the tension and the, the kind of the divide. I think that that does filter through a little bit. I think it does reach players. I think it does make a difference to the atmosphere. I think it does change things. I think there are times when you could say, okay, a little bit unlucky this time. But all in all, you look at them and you just think, they are a really shockingly bad team <laughs> for the collection of players they've got. And yeah. I'm not saying their players are brilliant because they're not, but... You go through that first the first division in Spain, mm. and you say, "Would you want Jesus Navas?" I think the immense majority of teams would want Jesus Navas. Would you want Ivan Rakitic, even though he's a bit slow these days? You probably would. Would you want Nesiri? Yes. Would you want would, would you want a Campos? Yes. Acuna? Would you want? Um, eh? Acuna, I'd have him. Acuna, you'd want him. He's a World Cup winner. Yeah. yeah there's, 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 I mean, I'm not saying these guys are all brilliant, but there's five or six players there that short. Sure as anything, shouldn't be down where they are and shouldn't yeah. be performing this badly. They uh, they did have several people missing uh, for this uh, for this game. Uh, Casas Navas and Sergio Ramos were both suspended. Yeah. Uh, Sumare, Bade, Lamela, Suso, Nyland, they were all out injured. So um, the, uh, the 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 team that they put out was not quite as strong as it could have been. But still, yeah, that's true. Uh, it is uh, yeah. it is not a good time for uh, Sofia, who are. Fi- they're fifteenth, Sid, uh, and if Celta yeah. win tonight, they're going to be um, they're going to be just two points off the relegation zone. So it is a uh, not a good time at all for uh, uh, for Sevilla. Um, it is a good time for Athletic, who uh, thrashed the mighty Rayo Vallecano four um, nil. Tremendous uh, result for uh, them, and both Williams brothers scoring in this game in the uh, week that yeah, Nico Williams that. Uh, Nico Williams also uh, extended his contract so um it's going to be there we had one or two doubts whether or not that was uh, that was going to happen but um eventually put pen to paper and we're going to have uh, Iñaki and Williams Iñaki and Nico Williams for for a while longer Sid yeah well I mean the thing is we had one or two doubts about it and to be honest we sort of still do about whether mm. this is a renovate a renovation a, a contract extension that was very Spanish contract extension that enables a departure no, um, and I think at some point, I think at some no. point it will, but I don't think it will be happen. I don't think it will happen now. Right, I think that's really important. Just, I mean, look, regular listeners will know I've got a very big soft spot for the Williams brothers for for kind of everything that they, everything that they are, everything the way they behave, the way they act, the way they play, and they are both playing brilliantly. I saw a statistic the other day. I love this. You probably saw it. I think it was 
it was either who scored or sofa score it was one of the statistical websites uh, so the, the best winger in spain is williams and the second best winger in spain is williams and they are they are one and two in in terms of statistical average ratings i think it was and they are playing brilliantly and in yaki in particular and i think uh, ernesto balaverde has found the solution because in yaki's actually scoring more goals from a wider position than he was through the middle Guru Theta is giving them the capacity to play that game and more Iñaki even than Nico actually because Guru Theta is, is a centre forward who, who will come away from the middle and allow space for Iñaki to go into mm. um, with the goal in front of him and, and kind of coming in with everything opening in front of him he seems to finish better than he did before they are playing really really well and I suppose they must be looking at Girona and thinking oh, what a pity you know, the year that we start getting it right and you think, oh, good, Sevilla is out of it this time around. Villarreal's not really in it this time around. That fourth spot could be ours because even Verasotelad, despite playing very well, they're, 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 their numbers are not quite as good as they've been in previous years. And bloody Girona turn up. <laughs> um, but but they, they've they been very, very impressive, Athletic, in the last five, six weeks. There was a little lull, wasn't there, after about four or five weeks of the season, but they, 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 yes. they've, they've turned that around now. Uh, they they have and they're uh, seemingly very much in the uh, uh, battle for uh, uh, for top four and in terms of uh, scoring goals they are the uh, uh, joint third uh, best team in, in terms of uh, scoring goals so that has long been a problem for them and seemingly they found a way uh, to uh, get the best out of their uh, front three um, before we go we uh, just want to uh, mention a couple of things uh, that have happened uh, in Spain we'll get to the segunda uh, results uh, in just a second um but Spain's women's team were in action, uh, Sid. Um, on Friday night, they lost 3-2 yeah. in Pontevedra. But the result wasn't the biggest talking point, Sid. No. The ret- I mean, it's just bizarre. They started the second half with 10 players. And it was sort of nine and a half because there's a player still doing the boots up at this point. Um, there was some confusion at halftime. And the reason why I say some confusion is because actually the explanations given don't entirely tally. So mm. uh, I think it was Athenea was 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 talking to um, was talking the mix zone post game and gave a different explanation to the one that Monse Tomé, the the coach gave. Aitana Bonmati basically at halftime um, said she didn't feel well enough to carry on. There'd been a discussion with the manager and she didn't come out in the second half. But it ha- seems that it happened too quickly for them to replace her, basically. Yes. Or for them to have completed the replacement. And the players warming up didn't come on. And you start the start the second half with 10 players and you concede. And it just looks horrendously amateurish. Um, and doesn't look good at all. I, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before and we, 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 we don't follow the women's game well enough to, to, to have a really, really good, good, clear take on this. But it does feel like it's difficult to imagine Monse Tomé lasting very much longer, particularly now that, that Thubi, Tharreta, uh, Thubi Tharreta has taken over as a sporting director. I suspect hmm. that, that that will bring with it uh, a changing coach in the, maybe not immediately, but in the not too distant future. Hmm. Okay, um, we had to mention that. Uh, before we go in the segunda, we also had to mention that there was a big 2-0 win for Oviedo over Espanyol. Uh, congratulations. Played really mighty, well as well. Yeah. Mighty Rail of Yedo. Zaragoza uh, beat Leaders Leganes 1 0. Levante beat Valladolid 2 1. And in the game of the weekend, Racing Ferrol beat Albacete 5 4. What a cracker that was. So Leganes are first on 36 points. Then it's Sporting and Valladolid on 32. And Espanol and Racing Ferrol are on 31 points. Oviedo are 11th. Uh, this week we've got the Copa del Rey second round, uh, including, uh, here's some of the uh, choice ties. Arosa against uh, Valencia, Andrax from the island of Mallorca against Real Sociedad, Villanovense against Betis, 
Atletico Astorga against Sevilla, Cayon against Athletic Club, and the one that you will be going to tomorrow, Castellón against Real Oviedo, Sydney. So um, I saw all the Oviedo players, actually. They, I saw all yes. of them. They, they walked past me in the airport. I was sitting there writing this morning, and a guy went past me in the full Oviedo tracksuit, and I thought, ah, that's, that's commitment for you. And then about four or five <laughs> others did. I thought, oh, actually, it's the team. There were a lot of very, very young-looking players amongst that squad, so I suspect there's going to be quite a big, uh, big uh, what's it called, yes. uh, rotation. I would have thought so. But there we go. Copa del Rey second round coming up uh, this week. Uh, if you want to join us over at patreon.com forward slash TSFE for the rest of the week, we will be providing you with top quality Spanish football content for a very, very small fee. So come and join us. And if you don't want to do that, it's all right. We'll be here as ever every single Monday for free uh, wherever you get your podcast. So you can uh, join us then. Adios. Cheerio. Network.